You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about Elder Scrolls Legends. Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Legends Cast, a podcast about Elder Scrolls Legends. I am your host, um, Mark, from uh, just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And welcome uh, to episode number 2. Um, episode number 2. So excited to be doing episode number 2. Thank you so much for connecting with us. Thanks so much for tuning in and, and listening um, to Legends Cast as we're just sort of getting things going and getting things up and moving. Um, uh, you know, podcasting is relatively new to me. And so uh, once again, just so excited if you're listening in uh, that you've decided to, to jump in and listen. Now in episode one of Legends Cast, uh, we began um, talking about Moons of Elsewhere, which is an all new expansion um, that's going to be coming out uh, on June 27th, so just a couple of days. And uh, we reviewed some of the cards, but it took a really long time um, to, to get through the first couple of attributes. So we uh, looked at uh, red, which is strength. We looked at yellow, um, which is willpower. And uh, and then we also looked at, uh, I believe we looked at, gr- uh, well, we looked at blue, which is intelligence. And we discussed some of the cards uh, that had been spoiled already for the Moons of Elsewhere expansion uh, coming out later this week. Uh, and I promised that we were going to be doing another episode. We're going to be talking about card nerfs. And I also said that we're going to be uh, wrapping up the review of the cards that are out. And, uh, and so we're going to be doing that uh, in this episode. So we're going to be looking at some of the other cards that have been spoiled so far. All the cards that have been spoiled uh, up till about 10.30 p.m. Eastern time um, on, on Monday, uh, June, I believe it's the 24th, yeah, Monday, June 24th, we're going to be looking at all the cards that have been revealed and spoiled up to this point, but before we dive into that, I do like to just take a couple of minutes and talk about um, what I've been doing at Elder Scrolls Legends, Um, and so I also love hearing from you, and so if you uh, have been playing a deck and you've been trying it out, really enjoying it, we're currently at the very end of this new Alliance War meta, Um, you know, shoot us an email and let me know what you've been playing and what you've been enjoying. Um, maybe I'll be able to check it out and take it on the ladder and try that out as well. So our email here is es, standing for Elder Scrolls, eslegendscast at gmail.com. Really easy to remember, eslegendscast at gmail.com. Dot com. But what I've been playing the last couple of days is a, a new homebrew deck. I hit Legend. Uh, I talked about it in episode number one in June, the homebrew Redoran deck, um, just kind of like a brutal beatdown deck. And so um, now I've been playing a new deck. It's uh, an Ebonheart deck. And so if you're unfamiliar with some of the class combinations, especially if you're a new player, that's going to be combining um, red, uh, which is strength, purple, which is endurance, and green, which is agility. Now, this is the three attributes attributes that I've probably spent the most time um, crafting and gaining cards for, although I do I do have a lot of intelligence and willpower, a lot of blue and yellow cards now, um, but in the beginning, that was kind of what I crafted most of my cards for, some sort of a control version, and just sort of like in the heart of the fact that Moons of Elsewhere is coming out, and we're seeing some new dragons come back to the game, and I've really enjoyed dragon decks, I decided to go with uh, an Ebonheart, um, sort of like ramp control 
deck, but with a lot of dragons at the top end of that instead of, well, frankly, the better tools. And so it's running a lot of the Ebonheart staples that you're going to see and ramp Ebonheart um, with uh, a lot of the cards that you're going you're to see in that deck. A lot of the removal is very, very similar. A lot of the ramp is very, very similar. But your top end is, you know, um, Odaving and some pretty big, tough dragons that you're using as removal. And then, um, of course, on top of all of that is Alduin. Um, and Alduin is, uh, is a 20 mana card. So, of course, you can't play it. It costs two less for every dragon in your graveyard. So, eventually, it does become playable. I believe that's a 10-10 dragon that when it hits the battlefield destroys summon ability destroys everything else on the battlefield and then at the beginning of your turn each round it summons a random dragon from your graveyard to the board very thematic very fun card that you just really don't get to play very often but in an Ebonheart deck that has no other finishers other than really Alduin and just exhausting out your opponent's resources, I've gotten to play Alduin a couple of times. This has been super, super cool. It's not a good deck. Um, you know, you're probably not going to really rank up much with it. But as I'm playing for fun, now that I'm in Legend rank, I don't know, I think I'm in the four or five hundreds um, as the last time that I played. So I, I've probably fallen back some since then. Um, and because I'm not someone who strives for high legend during the month, just because it's too time consuming for me at this particular stage of my life to really can play on that competitive of a level. Um, I'm just enjoying, you know, memeing around, trying out a couple of random decks. Um, I'm, I'm figuring I'm going to toy around with a couple of others before moons over elsewhere, moons of elsewhere come out. But uh, probably going to be waiting um, for any big new decks to try out for when moons of elsewhere comes out. I'm excited to try out some dragon decks. Um, but there's also some new cards that we're going to be talking about today that I'm really excited about. So instead of wasting more time talking about, uh, well, you know what? I do want to talk really quick about the Master Series because I did get to tune in for one of the Elder Scrolls Master Series. And I don't know the two people. I can't remember the name of the one caster, Deadbroke Nerd, um, who's per personally my favorite streamer for Elder Scrolls Legends, uh, was one of the casters. So I tuned in for that. Um, and another one of my favorite streamers, um, uh, Mayo, I'll call him Mayo. He's the guy who comes in. It's like a super saiyan if he gets a couple of subs um, each time. He's one of my favorite streamers to watch. Um, was was playing um, and uh, and I got a chance to watch that match. It was a really good match. I got to watch him uh, take that match and move on in the Masters series. So congratulations. I think he pronounces his name Elameo. I, I could I could be mispronouncing that though. Um, but so so awesome. So congratulations, man. Um, taking that next step in the Masters series i really don't know i think there's a couple more days left um a couple of more games left as well in the master series i don't believe it's over yet um but i did get to tune in just briefly for a little bit i was home from work for an hour and got to just tune into that so it was really nice just to kick back throw up my feet relax listen to a couple of great casters talk about a couple of really great games a lot of halalu um, out right now because Halalu is just a really, really strong, aggressive deck. Um, but that, that wasn't what ended up finishing up the matches. And so I got to watch Halalu lose a couple times as well. So that was that was pretty cool. So uh, awesome. Congratulations uh, to the winners and the people who are moving on in that Masters series. Um, and uh, I'm excited to be able to tune in um, for, you know, the final matches um, in the real Masters tournament for everyone who has qualified. Because I, I think this was sort of like the wild wild card type of qualifier and they were opening the door for one additional person to come in and I'm sure that's been determined I don't know exactly who that is because I haven't found that 
information online yet, but whatever that is, congratulations. That's awesome. Uh, I'm so glad to see that there's a little bit of a competitive scene picking up um, in Elder Scrolls Legends. I think the game deserves it. It's good enough for it. I mean, to be honest, I've played some other card games, and some other card games who do have a competitive professional scene and good structure around that are a lot worse than this game and a lot less intriguing and fun to watch. And so, Definitely have enjoyed watching um, some professional play um, and watching some tournament play, which is really super, super cool. And you know what? If there ever came a time in my life when I was a little bit slower, love to dive in to some of those tournament play as well, see if I can't get involved. But with no further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the Moons of Elsewhere card reveals. We've now seen um, almost half of the cards. So we now have 36 out of 75 cards that's been revealed. And we're going to go back and talk about a couple of cards that we uh, have been revealed since episode one that I haven't got a chance to talk about yet, but um, I would really like to start off uh, where we left off, which was going into agility. So in agility, our first card that I'm going to talk about is Illicit Butcher. I mean, it is a savage looking card. This is a four mana, four, three, Wood Elf. Four mana, four, three, Wood Elf. It looks like some wicked, evil torturer in some sort of a cave on the card art. It's nasty, nasty looking chick, I think. Yeah, nasty looking chick on it. And she actually kind of looks like a, a vampire, which is interesting because she's wearing uh, a garb very, very similar to what the vampires in Skyrim. But this card is not a Wood Elf vampire. It's just straight Wood Elf. Anyway, her ability is summon, consume a creature to shackle an enemy creature. And if you don't remember what consume does, we did talk about that in episode number one. But consume allows you to get rid of a card in your graveyard from the game and exile it. It's gone. You can never get it back. You can't go back to your graveyard. It's completely out of the game. So you consume a creature, so get it completely out of the game, and you'll be able to shackle a creature. My honest first impression of this card is this card isn't great. It could be good. And by turn four, you're probably ready to consume a creature, so that that's not bad, but I don't think this card is awesome, simply because the four mana four three probably isn't a great stat line, um, because you're, you're probably going to get eaten by something. Maybe you'll be able to frame this in such a way that you can get a favorable trade because you're going to stop something else from trading into you. Kind of like Sanctuary Pet. I mean, that Shackle on Sanctuary Pet is good. And maybe there's a control scenario where this works out, but I just don't think that this is a great card. I think too often someone's going to be able to trade into it and not die, um, and, and you're just going to be really disappointed. So the second one is Imbued Altmere. So this is a high elf, one mana, one one common card that reads lethal. And then when Imbued Altmere is consumed, give the consuming creature plus one and plus one, plus one, plus one and lethal. So we're seeing one of these Imbued cards um, in each of, uh, of the different colors um, of each of the different attributes. And I think, you know, the first one uh, gave... Um, I don't know that we've seen the imbued card actually for intelligence yet for blue, but the first one uh, for yellow, um, for willpower, um, that one I believe gave you um, uh, lifesteal, and we're going to look at the purple one today. I think there was one for red as well, an imbued one, but I wasn't super impressed with it. Maybe it gave you plus one, plus one in breakthrough. Um, this is definitely the best. Plus one, plus one lethal is, is fantastic. First off, this is a one, one lethal, so a one, if it's not against a ward, infinite attack and it's a one mana one one so this is going to get in your graveyard really quickly i think this is an excellent card i think you're going to see um i think this is going to see a decent amount of play just because it is an answer to a lot of stuff it's easy to it's easy to remove with a ping but pings are not as easy to come by in this game as they are um, in some other card games 
So I really think that this card stands a chance to be um, a really great card if you're running some consumes. Um, and plus, you know what, uh, Archer and, um, and and Scout and stuff, they... <coughs> oh, sorry about that. I've been a little sick. Um, Archer and Scout and stuff have, have had room for more uh, lethal creatures, and they've needed more lethal creatures. And this is just another lethal creature. I've come to a couple times where I'm doing three attribute decks with, with red red, uh, you know, green or purple green in it. And I found myself just disappointed because I just couldn't get the cards that I, I really needed for it. And so I think that this is really good because it allows you to run three more lethals, cheap lethals, so, you know, paired up with Archer's Gambit pretty easily um, or, or whatever else. I think it's a good card. Uh, the next one is a th- called called Moonphase Soothsay. Uh, s- no, Suthay. Soothay? Moonphase Soothay. That's a Khajiit. It's a three mana, two, two. Um, it's an agility creature. Wax is plus one, plus one drain, and Wayne is draw a card. So Wax, um, if you play us on an odd turn, you're going to be a three, three with drain for three. We've seen cards like that already. Um, we have a 3-3 with Drain for 3 that has Prophecy, and probably if it didn't have Prophecy, you would literally never see that card played. And then the Wayne draw card, I think that's what you want it at. Unfortunately, when you play this on Curve, you're getting a 3-3 with Drain. So you have to either play this with the Ring or play this off of Curve to get what you want. It's another card drawn agility that's that's powerful, and it's a little bit limited. I like that. Um... I don't see a world where you want to play this card, but it's a cool card. It's a it's a really cool card. I don't see... There was another new card revealed just recently that's neutral that maybe in the deck where that is, you want to play this, but even in that, I don't I don't ever care about the plus one, plus one in Drain, um, at least not in Agility. So I don't think this is a great card, but it is cool artwork, and I like it. Um, the next one is an action for Agility. It's called Whispering Claw Strike. It's six mana. It reads Prophecy, so it is another prophecy that we're adding to the game. Give an enemy creature minus two, minus two, and a friendly creature plus two, plus two. So here's the thing. I don't think you really ever going to want to play this just straight up for six. You're only going to want to pull this card off of a Prophecy. It's not a big enough swing for you, I mean, it's permanent, but it's not a big enough swing for you to really care about it. You know, I think about just like a javelin, just prophecy out of javelin. That's a five mana prophecy destroy a creature. This doesn't even, now this buffs your creature. Um, but if you don't have a creature on the board, this doesn't buff anything. It just gives a creature minus two, minus two. So you can't even kill anything unless it has two or less health. And so I don't think this is a great card. Now, granted, you you don't have this, you know, you have this. This is an agility, you know, in yellow. So you could play them together in monk. Is there another deck where this is good? Maybe. I don't see it being good. I think this is kind of a pack filler action. I don't think this is a, a great card. Okay, uh, so suit hay. So that must be a, a common word in this bootlegger is the next card. This is a Khajiit. This is a two mana, one five Khajiit with guard. With summon, another friendly creature ignores guards this turn. Um, cool theme for this de- this card. I, I love the theme for this card. I love the flavor for it. The artwork's cool. Um, suits a bootlegger. I don't know how good it is because here's the thing. This is a, a two mana one five, so it's inherently defensive. It's not a very aggressive card on two. And um, and then on top of that, you want to play it in an aggressive format where you're pushing damage past a couple of guards that are in play. And so it, it seems like it wants to do 
two things at once. Now, there are some defensive cards out there that do get played in really aggressive decks just to protect your board because of the nature of how this game plays out. Um, but I don't know if this is the one that you want because it doesn't land... Like, you you want to you keep playing really efficient cards in aggro. And this is two mana, so... You, you're you're but you want to play it later like you want to play it once your opponent like you want to hold this card in your hand i see this card like being in an aggro deck maybe like a monk or maybe like a like a maybe a more a, one of the more aggressive like halalu or something i see this card being in your hand and you wishing that it wasn't in your hand because you want a different two drop in your hand that's more aggressive because this card is good towards the end i think this is better if maybe it's four mana with the same ability and maybe it's a three five or like a two six and so it defends your board a little later in the game rather than early on and you want and you trigger this ability when you actually have maybe three or four creatures on the board and you want to get past a guard towards the end of the game so it's a rare you'll see this card around i don't think it's very great Next one is Tenor Zelvet Night Stalker. Tenor Zelvet Night Stalker. Now, this is a 2-mana 3-4 Khajiit, and it has a second ability, too. I'm thinking it's a Khajiit Vampire. Super, super cool artwork. Um, maybe one of my new favorite artworks. It's gruesome. Maybe one of my new favorite artworks in it. But let's go back to this. This is a 2-mana 3-4 rare card. 2-mana, 3-4, jeez. You know, we've had a 2-mana, 4-4 four, four in green before, which is a little bit stronger than this and does eat this card, but it has, a, you know, last gasp, and it's going to give your opponent a 2-1 with guard. So what's the negative on this? So its ability reads, at the start of your turn, consume a random creature. Consume a random creature. So you're going to get rid of a random creature from your graveyard. If you can't, sacrifice this. So maybe not great because you, you're going to want to play this on two to be as aggressive as you can because this is definitely playing into an aggressive style deck. And you don't want your one to, to, to be in your graveyard already in order to be consumed. So if you could find a way to dump some cards into your graveyard, maybe you had another card that was like a, a one or a two mana that read, you know, you dump three cards into your graveyard, that would be really strong. I don't think they're going to print something like that because it would make this a lot better. I think this is a cool card. I think more often than not, though, you don't want your one drop to die enough or your your you know your ringed out two drop to die enough to actually make this card playable. I think you play this and then it, it dies at the beginning of your next turn a lot of times because your opponent just chooses not to trade into you know your one or your your round one two drop. Next is Agility Apex Predator. This is a 5-mana five 5-5 five, five Khajiit that's epic that reads, When Apex Predator moves, deal 2 damage to your opponent and gain 2 health. Very cool. And at the end of your turn, if there are no enemy creatures in this lane, move Apex Predator. Wow, this is a cool, cool card. So, okay, 5-mana five 5-5, five, five, first of all. Very, very strong. Um, well, not very, very strong, but strong. It's a, and then it has double positive ability i think so if you're running and you're playing maybe like a maybe a slightly more controlled deck um but you want to fight for the board as well this maybe is good for kind of like 
a mid-range to combat against aggro because you throw it in the shadow lane where there isn't anybody and then because uh, you're losing the field lane this gets shifted over deals to gain two now you have a covered five five in your field lane that you can fight for for board with next round that your opponent that you get to choose the trade on rather than them because they've been choosing the trades if you're losing that field lane I think this card's really cool. I think the artwork's really cool in it, too. I want to give this one a try. This is a card I want to play a little bit of because I think it's I think it's cool. Okay, lastly, this is our legendary um, card, our unique legendary Khajiit here. So this is different because some of the other um, attributes have given us unique legendary dragons. This is a not a dragon. This is Razum Dar. He's a seven mana Khajiit, four attack, three power. His keyword is charge, and then... Uh, on top of that, it says, draw a copy of the first card your opponent draws each turn. Draw a copy of the first card your opponent draws each turn. Seven mana, four, three. So obviously this guy's really understated, and you kind of want to protect him for a turn, but he also has charge, because you want his ability to go off. So here's the thing. I don't know if this works with rune breaking, because if it does, this is a really cool card. You know, it's not super aggressive, but you can know what your opponent drew. So this gives you a little bit of valuable information if it works with a rune break. So if you could throw this down, attack their face, break a rune, and you draw a copy of the card that they drew, great. If this only works on their turn, um, now that says each turn, so I'm, I'm assuming this would work if you break a rune with him. But if it, and you know, maybe you could swing in attack break a rune draw a card from that card if he doesn't get a prophecy and can't remove it you pass turn then they draw another card and you draw a copy of that card so this is like a seven mana four three charge that could potentially if you can break a rune add two cards to your hand that's a copy of cards from your opponent's deck i will say this typically drawing cards from that are from your opponent's deck um, are not as good as drawing your own cards because you're drawing cards for their game plan rather than your own. But this is a really cool card, and I hope it's good because I think it's a really cool card, and I, I hope it's powerful. I hope it's powerful. I don't know that it is, but I hope that it is. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to uh, the Endurance cards now. So this is the purple attribute, and this might be the best imbued card that we've gotten. So this is Imbued Argonian. This is a one-mana Argonian, one-three common card with guards. It's a one-three with guard, which is great. And when can Imbued in Guardian um, is consumed, give the consuming creature plus one, plus one in guard. So if purple gets some good consumed cards, which it should, because, you know, it, you play a lot with graveyard effects with purple, this is a really great card, because you could play a card that consumes something, you're going to buff that card, what should have been a negative ability becomes a positive one. You can give it guard. So now you have a more powerful defensive creature in play. Um, plus, you have a 1-mana one 1-3 one with guard, which is just typically pretty good um, because it's just going to slow down your opponent's game plan at the beginning of the game if they're playing aggro. I think Imbued, uh, Imbued Argonian is a champion card. I think this is one of the better cards in the set so far. Um, really, really like it. I, I, could, I could always be wrong. But one mana one threes have always been good, so I think this is a, a really good card. Okay, then the next one is Servant of Ja Keje, which is a three mana Khajiit, two two, um, common, wax. So on an odd turn, you're going to be playing a three mana four four, so you get the overstated stuff that, that purple plays. And then Wayne, so on an even turn, um, you're going to get Silence a Creature. So this is really cool. I, I like this card if Wax and Wayne are good. Because this can just be on the turn that you want to play it on curve. This is a 3-mana 4-4. Four, four. 
but it doesn't have breakthrough like you would young mammoth, but it has the versatility of saying, I could wait a turn and silence it or draw it later and silence it. There are going to be times in the game when you have this card in hand and you desperately need to silence something to win the game, and instead it's going to be an odd turn and you're going to get a 3-mana 4-4, four, four, which you just could really care less about because it's not helpful to you, and you're going to really, really wish you had had that silence. That's going to happen sometimes, but I think overall this card is good, and um, you're going to see people experiment with this because I, I think this, this card is definitely going to see some play somewhere along the way. The next one is called Moon Touched Guardian. This is also a Khajiit. It's a 4-mana 3-3 three, three rare. Really cool looking. We're going to get another Wax Wayne ability here. Wax, give a creature in your hand, plus 2, plus 2. This is a little hand buff. So we have seen that um, already in this game, but um, this is a little bit more direct, so you're going to summon and automatically get it versus having to attack to get that buff. And then Wayne, so on an even turn, you're going to get Garden Ward. So it's a 4-mana th 3-3 three, three with Garden Ward on the turn that you play it. Um, I think this is really, really strong. I think it's a really good card. I really like it. 4-mana 3-3 three, three with Garden Ward is really powerful. Your, your opponent's probably going to have to trade twice into it or silence it, which is really strong. Definitely slows down an enemy's game plan. Maybe the 3-3 stats are a little bit low, um, but I, I do think it's a really cool card, and I do think it's it's strong. It's a strong card. Once again, there's going to be times when you pick this up, you're going to be frustrated because you're going to really need the Garden Ward, and you're going to top deck this thing, and it's going to be an odd turn, and if you play it, you're just playing a 4-mana 3-3, nothing in your hand, nothing to buff. You're going to be frustrated with that, um, but on curve, against within like a defensive, more control-style deck, I think this is a cool card. Don't know if it's going to beat out the other options at four, um, but it's definitely... Like, I, I don't think this is better... Don't well, This could be better than Hive Defender, because there's a lot of lethal out there right now, and so if you're playing something that has purple-yellow in it, maybe this is better than a Hive Defender to play on four. Um, and it gives you a little bit more versatility later in the game. So maybe in a crazy world, you might replace Hive Defender with this card, but you also very likely may not. Rune Shambler. This is what I think to be the worst card in, in the game so far. This is a 4-mana 1-1 one, one epic card that reads, Summon, discard the top three cards of your deck, then consume all creatures that entered your discard pile this turn. Then Rune Shambler gains plus 1 plus one for each creature consumed. Okay, so this card requires a great deal of setup because if you play this just outright, just on four, you didn't have anything on the board to trade with, just play this on four, it throws three cards in your graveyard if all three of those are creatures and if at least one of those is one of the imbued cards. You could get like a 5-5 five, five for four with an ability, but... A lot of times, that's not going to happen. A lot of times, you're going to be playing a 4-mana 2-2 or a 4-mana 3-3 without any ability at all because there's not enough imbued, car out, imbued cards out there to really make this worth your time. The only way you make this worth your time is, let's say, you have an imbued card out on the battlefield and maybe something else to trade in with. You trade two creatures, you play this, you throw two or three more in your graveyard, you end up looking at getting like a plus five, plus five, plus six, plus six with an ability maybe. You're looking at having like a six, six or seven, seven. Um, maybe an 8-8 eight, eight, uh, on the battlefield if you had enough creatures to trade in with. Let's say you did 3, 4, 5, 6. So 
yeah, so you could have like a 7-7 seven, seven if you ditch an imbued creature from your board um, and also pull three creatures off of this into the graveyard. Is that good enough to play? This is a high-risk, high-reward card. I think people will play around with it because it's a mummy cat, which is super cool. Um, but I don't think it's good. I, I could be proven wrong by this card if the imbued stuff really works well and maybe like a scout. Um, but I don't think this is great. Don't love it. Um, okay, the next one is uh, a legendary card. Not unique, but a legendary and probably one of my favorites. Um, Droma Athra Reaper. This is a 2-mana 3-2 card that reads Summon. Consume a creature, so you're going to remove something from your graveyard, and when a creature leaves your discard pile, Dumothra Reaper gains plus zero, plus one, and you gain one health. Now, the important part to point out here is this is not just whenever you consume a creature. This is when a creature leaves your graveyard. That means Necromancer, it leaves your graveyard. That means Soul Tear, it leaves your graveyard. This is a two-mana, three-two that's probably going to be it, well, it will be, because you're going to consume a creature. Um, if you have one in your graveyard already, this is often going to be a 2-mana 3-2 two two on 2 if you can trade in your 1-drop. This is one of the cards I personally think worth fighting for board and trading in your 1-drop. It's worth it. And um, you're going to be playing a 2-mana 3-3 three three and gain a health. Very, very strong. Um, I think this card's cool. Definitely some of the coolest artwork in the set. It's a Khajiit plus something else. I don't know what its second ability is, whether it's like a vampire and undead of some sort. Um, but really cool card. Really love this uh, Droma Athra Reaper. Droma Athra Reaper. Okay, last but not least in uh, Endurance in Purple, we're going to be looking at the uh, unique legendary. Once again, it's not a dragon. It is um, Zumog Fom. It is an orc, 6 mana, 4, 6, that reads, Summon, choose another creature, and then when the chosen creature dies, summon it as a 1-1. One, one. Summon it as a 1-1. One, one. So, how good is this? Um, I mean, it's obviously good. It's obviously good, because you're choosing any creature. So, let's just say... Let's do something crazy here, right? Um, your opponent has thrown down an Odaving, okay? And you have the cards to trade into it or to remove it. Let's say they played Odaving, you are on, you know, turn 12 as well or whatever, or turn 10, and you drop this guy and then um, you edict it or you javelin it. So now you have a 4 6, a 1 1 Odaving, and you deal 4 damage to the enemy board to wipe out everything that they have. Super, super strong. There's lots of cards that you can copy that you're going to want to copy, but you're also going to be trading in those cards. There's going to be times when you just need a defender, and your defender's low in health, and uh, and you can uh, play this, mark your defender, trade in your defender, and then get a fresh one. Um, this is a really cool card. Another one that I'm really excited to get my hands on. I think hugely impactful. Another really great tool for purple um, in a deck that really didn't need a lot of control tools. But the cool part is this is a mid-range card. So this can come down earlier on and, and be really, really strong. Uh, I think this is something I would play in a mid-range veteran deck um, who wants to fight for board and smash face. I think I would play this for sure in Telvani. I think I would play this for sure, 100% for sure, in um, Ebonheart as well. And I'll definitely be trying this out in, in an Ebonheart Drake's deck with a little bit of control. Really like this card. think it's super cool. I, I really do love purple as a killer. And so the two legendaries have me excited that, they, that they've revealed so far.
Okay, um, Kamaraya, Kamaraya. The next one, we're into dual colors now. This is a unique legendary monk card, so this is going to be yellow-green you have to play. It's a 5-mana five 5-6, five, which, which is pretty good as it is. 5-mana five 5-6 five, with Pilfer, um, give Khajiit in your deck, plus 1, plus 1. Pilfer, give Khajiit in your deck, plus 1, plus 1. Um, super cool card. Um, really cool design. Like it. You have to play a lot of the Khajiit tribe. In order to make this work, with if you're playing Monk, you're already doing that. Um, if Monk is good, this card is good. Probably. There's a chance that Monk isn't good. Monk usually is not very good. Um, but it's a it's a cool card. Not sure it's a great card yet. Um, it's overstated. That's good for Monk. Cool card. Not sure if it's great. Um, okay, let's look at this one. And then we'll look at some of the other ones that have been revealed that we haven't reviewed yet. So this is a Spell Sword card. This is a, a unique legendary. It's Orixia Tharn, I think. It's an Imperial, a 9-mana 6-6. Six, six, so understated for 9-mana. But it reads, Summon, steal an enemy creature or support. Last gasp, your opponent steals it back. Um... I mean, needless to say, if you steal the creature and kill the creature off, they're not going to get it back. Um, this is a cool card if you're just trying to get a finishing move in. Another cool control card. Once again, I'm not guaranteed how good this card is, um, but something you could do is you could, like, 9-mana steal it, suppress, and silence this so that they don't get it back with the last gasp, which would be really, really cool. So you could just 9-mana and a 0-cost card just steal something from your opponent, and it could be a support, which could be really important. There's not many things that steal a support. Oftentimes, support, a support card supports um, the game plan of your opponent, and you don't really want that card, but there are some cards that are out there, some supports that are just good for any deck that you would might want to get your hands on. So that's a cool card. It's hard to rate these control cards because control decks are pretty tight right now, um, but definitely I could see that slotting into tribunal control. Those last two cards you're definitely going to see people um, mess around with because they're they're cool. Um, how good they are, not sure, but they're definitely really cool. Um, okay, let's go back because um, in yellow there was a card revealed called Mercenary Captain. Um, this is a four mana Nord two two summon consume a creature to give other friendly creatures plus one plus one. Um, this is really strong. I definitely see this in play. Um, this is a really strong card in um, uh, in like a token deck, a crusader deck, uh, even maybe like a mage token deck. Anything that you can consume something in there. You, I don't, I don't know that tokens go in your graveyard. I can't remember. They might. If they go in, this is even more powerful because often you're gonna you know fight for board turns one through three, and then you're gonna drop this thing and buff your board on turn four, and then you know. The next thing, turn you're gonna you play that support to buff your board again and give everything else another plus one plus one. Really cool card, definitely really really strong because you're gonna have cards in your graveyard by turn four for sure. It's not one of those cards where I don't really want to play it early because I can't consume anything with it. You're definitely gonna be able to consume something with this by turn four if you're playing it in like a token style deck. So that's um that's a strong card for sure and one that I I really like. Um, next was the Khajiit legendary um this is a non-unique legendary for yellow for willpower it is an eight mana card called queen's captain it's four attack four health wax so on an odd turn so 
off turn for playing this. Draw two cards and Wayne destroy a creature. So on the turn that you can play this, you'd be playing an 8-mana 4-4 destroy a creature. Is that really good? It's kind of hard to say if that's good or not. Um, you know, we have a card who's been you know nerfed a whole bunch of times. It's like a 10-mana 6-6 six, six, um, that destroys a creature when it hits the board. This is very similar, but two turns earlier, which does make a giant difference. A little less stats, but I don't think you really care about that. I think you just want another piece of hard removal. So here it is, another piece of hard removal on turn 8. This is coming out a little bit earlier, has a 4-4 four, four body attached to it. So you're basically paying, you know, 5, let's say, for a, a 5. So you're playing like 3 mana for a 4-4 four, four if you use the Wayne ability, because, you know, 5 is similar to like a Jav um, that you would pay. So 3 mana, you, you're paying more for a 4-4 four, four body. Um, I think that's really good, and I think it just gives some of these decks more options. Plus, um, if you don't have anything to destroy and you're pay playing in like a control matchup where you just need to consume your deck and get more cards, wow. Um, eight mana, four, four, draw two cards is very strong. So you're, you're drawing cards. I like the versatility of this card. I think the Wax and Wane ability is good on it. We'll see if it sees play. It might be too slow um, still, but definitely at eight over ten, it's more playable um, than, the, than the other card, the Matachondric or something like that. Um, that wasn't definitely wasn't its name, but it it's something like that. Okay, quick scroll through here to see if I have hit. I did not hit all the cards. So the last one is our unique legendary for intelligence. That's blue. It's Vastire. Vastire. Um, she's a high elf, five mana, one four, and reads summon. Fill this lane with one one skeletons. And then this card has plus one, plus one for each friendly spirit and skeleton. So you're playing a five mana four, four. That's going to summon three one, one skeletons on an empty board. Now, she can't go down and attack, but I think this is super cool. This is another incredible card. It's beautiful artwork. It's another super cool card um, that you can now play um, in uh, like a sorcerer deck that's going to be running... Um, a lot of skeleton synergy, which we've seen a little bit of that be toyed around with before, but without much success. This is really cool. It gives another tool in the toolbox for that. I don't know if this is the card that pushes skeleton synergy, um, you know, into viability. Um, it's definitely cool. I, I would have rather maybe like a five mana one five would be better. So you'd be playing basically a five mana four five with three one ones on your turn. Maybe that's too powerful, but it is a unique legendary. Um, it's just you can clear off those skeletons easy and then trade into her without much threat because, you know, you trade into the three one ones and she's just a 1-4 if you don't have anything else on the board. But she's definitely cool. Whether or not she makes that deck viable, I don't know. I think it needs more tools than that, but it's definitely a really, really cool card. Okay, now there has been a couple of cards that have been revealed that we haven't had the chance to talk about that are in um, that weren't in the sort of like the image feed that I was using. So let's just talk about a couple of those. The first one is a one mana neutral card called Moongate. It's a support, so it's going to go down in front of you with two uses. So this isn't you know an active all the time type of card. And the activate reads get both wax and wane effects this turn. Now I can't go back and look at all the wax and wane effects, but I know. You know, in strength, that, that big guy is a 7-mana seven 7-7 seven, seven with charge now. That's really strong. 
Um, in, in Endurance, it's a three mana four four that silences a creature. That's insane. So, so strong. Um, in, in yellow, you have this on the board. You're going to, you're going to have, uh, an eight mana destroy a creature, draw two cards. That's crazy. Um, I think in any deck where you're going to play Wax and Wayne, you're going to play Moongate. If Wax and Wayne isn't good, you're not going to play Moongate. If Wax and Wayne are really good, you're going to play three copies of Moongate. And it's a common card. You're definitely going to be seeing this card around. And you may see this just in conjunction with that yellow removal Khajiit, the Queen's Guard or whatever. Because on turn nine, you could play this, play her, play this, activate it, play that card. You're going to destroy something, play a 4-4, and draw two cards on turn nine. Very strong. Moongate may make Wax Wayne decks viable. Uh, I really like it. Um, we have an Endurance creature. It is Fallen Dragon. It's a 5-mana five 5-10 five, that reads Summon. Fallen Dragon deals 5 damage to itself. So you're playing a 5-mana five 5-5 five, five Dragon. But we know that Purple has ways of healing things. Um, there's a 0-mana Healing Hands card. So this is a 5-mana five 5-10 five, if you combine it with that card. Um, super beefy. 5-mana five 5-10. Five, That's great. Here's the thing. That's two cards to get a 5-mana five 5-10 five, on a turn where your opponent can use one card, like a Javelin, like an Edict, um, you know, like a Cast into Time, and just get rid of it for one card. So you're using two cards to get the 510. It doesn't have Guard, and they're, they're just getting rid of it. It's cool that it's another Dragon, and sort of the theme and matched with the mechanic is really cool for this card, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not so sure that it's a strong card. Um, let's look at Moon Bishop. This is a yellow one mana Khajiit. Um, it's a one attack, one health, wax, plus zero, plus four, wane, um, gain four health, common. So uh, you play this on turn one, and um, it's a one five. Okay, good. Definitely good for anti-aggro. Um, you play this on any even turn in the future and just throw it in there to even out the curve. You're going to play a one-mana 1-1 one, one that heals you for, which you might need. Um, there's some control decks that might like this card. I don't personally like this card, and I don't think I would use it, but um, there, there could be something there. You know, anytime you can play a, an overstatted one-drop, there's uses for it, and you can do that here. Um late in the game, this is still a one drop that's kind of a dead draw. There are some one drops in this Wax Wayne category that if you draw it towards the end of the game, you still want it. This one, whether it's a 1-5 a or a 4 health, you probably don't care. So that is what, what's it called? Moon Bishop. Moon Bishop. Um, let's just scroll real quickly here, make sure there's no other cards that we missed. It looks like um, there is one card that we missed. It looks like that card is the Bone Weaver. Bone Weaver. This is a 5-mana, five 5-5 five, five Khajiit um, in Endurance. It's purple. It's epic. It has guard. And then it reads, Consume a creature, draw a creature with the same name from your discard pile. So this card, once again, is a very cool-looking card. Um, the artwork on it is just incredible. Really looks like a big, mean, death knight Khajiit creature. Um, really like the artwork on it. And it's a double graveyard effect, right? Like, wow, how cool is that? Five mana, five, five with guard. That's good. It's not great, but it's good. I always sort of equate like a, 
um, a keyword to a plus one plus one. So if you got rid of guard, you're playing a five mana six six. I'd prefer to play the five mana five five with guard in this type of deck. Then if you have two copies of a creature in your graveyard, you're going to consume it and draw the third cop or and draw one of those copies back out. So um, let's just say uh, you've gotten down. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, a couple of these these cards that consume this uh, this new one coming out, the two mana three two that consumes a creature to give you plus one plus zero and uh, one health, and it keeps doing that every time you consume something. You play this, you get rid of one of those, you pull that out of your graveyard, you consume something with that, you gain a health. You have a five mana five five with guard and a three mana three three that's going to keep growing as you remove things from your graveyard. I think I'll definitely play a deck with those uh, two mana three two Khajiits, these bone weavers, necromancers, soul tears. Just all sorts of graveyard effects and stuff that I want to, you know, be ditching into my graveyard as well. Um, really think Bone Weaver's cool. Once again, it's never easy to see if that if this card like that is good until you see it in play. But definitely think it's a, a really cool card, and um, I'm glad it's part of the game. Um, all in all, I'll say this: some of the cards that have been revealed, because that's everything that we've we has been revealed so far. Um, with all the cards that have been revealed, I think the cards that have me the most excited um, are there's some cool dragons, but they have released a bunch of these really super cool looking um, sort of like Khajiit vampire necromancer type characters. You know, you get this one in yellow that when you consume a creature, you gain health equal to its health. I think that's a... a a really slick, neat card um, that I really like. I'm excited about some of these legendaries that are in it. I think it's cool that they did like a different direction with the Khajiit for um, each faction. So, you know, you have these consume ones that are like vampires, you have, um, or, or zombies of some sort. And intelligence, your Khajiit are, are cats. They're like full-blown cats instead of Khajiit, which I think are cool as well. You have some cool dragons in here. You have some little skeleton synergy that's been revealed. I think the legendaries that they've revealed are cool and intriguing, and um, they will be fun. Um, I think the consumability is awesome, and the imbued cards that they've printed to go with it are really cool. Um, I think there's some new cool control tips, uh, control tools in this as well. Um, just this this orc, this mog farm, um, the four, six mana four six that um, when you when you uh, choose a creature and when it dies you summon a one one copy of it's good. This creature or this. Um, uh, spell sword card that lets you steal a creature and then you can silence um, her to uh, keep that creature for good, I think is is really cool too. I think a lot of the cards that they've revealed so far are really impactful. I'm curious to see because, you know, obviously Alliance Wars is incredibly impactful because it introduced five new classes, but the cards itself didn't really create any new archetypes. And I think you're going to see this set is going to have a bigger impact on the metagame that's strictly from a creating new archetypes point of view than what Alliance War did. And I, I think Alliance War did really cool stuff for the game, and I like the new attributes that you can play together. I love the new classes you can play together. I think that was a good direction to go, so you're not limited. You have so many options in this game now of types of decks that you can put together. Um, it really gives them an, an insane amount of design space to be able to flourish into. But I think that this particular set is just super cool. The Khajiit are really cool. Even if you're not into cat people, I think that you could definitely get into this. Um, 
really, really like it. I'm super excited for Thursday, only a couple days away now. Excited to see what Moons of Elsewhere is going to come out with. And I'll be honest, I think that the um, the, the, the nerfs to the cards are actually going to come out before my podcast episode will ever release. So I think this is going to go ahead and wrap up episode two um, of uh, Legends Cast. And thank you so much for tuning in and listening and listening the whole way through my card review of everything that's come out so far um, for Moons of Elsewhere. Uh, if you have any thoughts, um, feel free to email me at uh, eslegendscast at gmail.com. Love to get connected with you. Trying to build a community around this podcast. So come and, come and be involved in in that community i'm hoping to um, reach out to some people to maybe get some co-hosts or um, some guests on and maybe um, within the first 10 episodes or so so um, i'll be doing episode three um first impressions post um moons of elsewhere um i don't know exactly when that uh podcast is going to come out that episode will come out but probably by um the end of this week or the beginning of next week i'll get that episode out so until then thanks for tuning in um, and uh, we'll see you in Elder Scrolls Legends. Thanks for listening to Legend Casts, a podcast about Elder Scrolls Legends. If you're looking for more ways to get connected with us in our community, email us at eslegendcasts at gmail.com and be sure to come back for our next episode.